on choices as we've been talking about this, the power of choosing. And what's interesting is that God didn't create us as pre-programmed robots, right? He gave us a free will. And with that free will, what, we have the privilege of choice. And God knew that with the privilege of choice that at times we would make good choices, right? At times we would make bad choices. Raise your hand for your neighbor. They've made a few, right? Yeah, we, we all understand that. But God's given us this privilege and blessing of having a, a free will. And our goal is to learn, like, how can we make good choices? Because it's the choices that we make that are making us. It's the choices that we are making that's shaping the lives that we live, the lives that we experience. I'm going to do a quick review from last Sunday as we talked about the challenge of temptation and the choices that we have when temptation comes our way. You know, when faced with a point of temptation, we have a decision to make, right? Will we give in or will we stand strong? Will we indulge or will we resist? The choice we make shapes the outcome, right? So what we defined last week is that we have an adversary. We looked at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. We have an adversary, and he wants to wreck your life. Let's make it personal. He wants to wreck your family. He wants to wreck your marriage. And what we, what we find in Scripture is that the number one way that he achieves this is through temptation. He brings the bait. He brings a trap. He brings a temptation. And in that, you have a choice to make. So last week, if you were here last week, what did we say? When we're faced with a point of temptation, we're going to do three things. We said we're going to, let's say them together. We're going to move the line. We're going to magnify the cost. And we're going to plan our escape. What do you want to do? You want to move the line, magnify the cost, and plan your escape. Better choices result in better outcomes. Really simple. Better choices gives us better outcomes. So today, we're going to transition a little bit from temptation, and we want to talk about consistency, the power of consistency. And I'm going to share with you today one of the most important spiritual qualities that has the greatest potential not only to impact the trajectory of your life, but your entire life. I think this key, this quality is key to spiritual strength and vibrancy. I think this Quality is key to financial stability. I think this quality is key to healthy, vibrant marriage and healthy, vibrant relationships. This quality will shape uh, like, like everything in your life. The quality is not appearance. It's not background. It's not education. It's consistency. Consistency. Turn to your neighbor and say Consistency. See, what we choose to do consistently will shape our lives. It's not what we do occasionally that makes a difference, but it's what we do consistently. It will shape what we do and who we become. And that's why there's power in choosing to be consistent in the areas of our lives that really matter. I want to give you a few illustrations from the sports world. I apologize if you're not a sports fanatic like myself. But a few illustrations from the sports world that illustrates, I think, the power of consistency. How many of you are familiar with the name Steph Curry? Probably, yeah, a lot of folks in the room. He graduated from Davidson College, gone on to play professional basketball for a team called the Golden State Warriors. He's not only a great athlete, but what's interesting about his life is he set numerous records from his shooting ability. Um, but do you know why he's become so good? Do you know why he's so proficient? Do you know why he set all of these records? I was digging into this, and what I discovered is that he takes about 2,000 shots per week. 
In an interview, he said he would take at a minimum of 250 shots a day, and before each game, he would shoot 100 baskets. And then he went on to say, I just want to read a portion of his interview. He says, we are going to become a great shooters in your own time, by yourself in the early mornings in an empty gym, in your backyard every day after school. You've got to be willing to put in the time every single day and put up enough shots. You can't, expect to be, you can't expect to magically turn into a great shooter in only an hour a week. I can help you with what you're doing during the time you practice, but only you can make sure you're getting enough shots up every day, every week, every month, and every year to become a great shooter. Basically, Steph Curry says that it all hinges on consistency. Like, are you getting enough shots in? Then if you study elite marathon runners, the ones who like consistently win the big races, what you'll discover is they win because of consistent training. It's not like they run one day a week or they run like whenever they feel like it. Like, that's how I run. Whenever I feel like it, I just happen to never feel like it, right? But what's interesting about these elite marathon runners is they're running like 100 to 120 miles a week. Like, I don't even know if I drive that far. Like, I live just up the road. And they're running 100 to 120. But it's consistency that helps them win the big races. And then when it comes to golf and professional golfers, which, by the way, I'm not. But did you know that they spend, professional golfers spend three to four hours every day hitting golf balls, putting, and chipping? You want to know why they're great? Consistency. After every round of golf, they'll hit like 500 practice balls. How did they become great golfers? Consistent. They just practice a lot. See, the choice to be consistent in the areas of our lives that really matter is what sets us up for effectiveness and success. So this is what we want to do. We've been talking about predecision. We want to predecide that with God's help, we'll be consistent. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, with God's help, I'm going to be consistent. With God's help, what are we going to do? We are going to be consistent. As I've said throughout this series, the quality of our decisions determines the quality of our life. And what I've discovered, I study people. I study people all the time because I'm kind of in the people business. And I've studied the lives of a lot of people that are successful. What I've discovered is that they consistently do what other people occasionally do. Successful people consistently do what other people occasionally do. It's what we repeatedly do that shapes our lives. So, so we want to make the choice to be consistent in the areas of our lives that really matter. And that, that would probably be different for all of us. Like for Steph Curry, what's really important in his life is that he can make the basket, right? You know, that's not so significant in my life. But it is in him. So what, think about what areas of your life really matter then how can we choose to be consistent in those areas? You know, I was thinking about my ears growing up as a child. Um, every morning my dad got up before I did. In our home, everyone got up early. But my dad was always up before I got up as a child. But I could always tell you where my dad was going to be every morning. I, I didn't have to wonder. I could tell you exactly where my dad was going to be. He was going to be in the chair. It's not the same chair, but the same location. Because my parents still live in the home that I grew up in, still in the same location. I could tell you where I was going to find my dad every morning. It was in that chair reading his Bible. And what's interesting, 50 years later, I was just in Arkansas. And even with my dad having the disability of his stroke that happened seven years ago, 
What was interesting to me 50 years later, you know where I found my dad when I got up in the morning? In that same location. You know what he was doing? Reading the Bible. I can tell you today that my dad is a man of God whose life has been shaped by the Word of God because there was a consistent practice that he embraced in his life that shaped his life. For me, it's the living power of consistency that shaped my life. So you know what I do every morning? I did it this morning. After I got the cup of coffee, I hit my recliner and I opened the Word, not to bring you a sermon today, but just to feed my soul. See, I want this thing that I see in my dad. I want to be a man of God who's living out the Word of God. And I understand for that to happen, there has to be consistency in my life. It's consistency. It's the choice to be consistent that's shaping our lives. If we want to be effective in life, it's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives. It's what we do consistently. Folks, here it is. You get what you repeat. Right? You get what you repeat. James Clear, interesting book if you want a a, a great book to read. It's called Atomic Habits. Again, the author's James Clear makes this statement. He says, habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. The same way money multiplies through compound interest, the effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them. They seem to make little difference on any given day, and yet the impact they deliver over the months and years can be enormous. It's only when looking back two, five, or perhaps ten years later that the value of good habits and the cost of bad ones becomes strikingly apparent. So again, folks, you get what you repeat. So we want to choose to be consistent, to choose the the right habits. See, what I'm confident of today is that God's plans and purposes for you are good, as defined by his word. I, I don't have to wonder about that. With confidence, I can say God has great plans for your life. He has great purposes for your life. He didn't just create you so he could set you up to fail. Now, God created you to experience life and the fullness of life, but it hinges on this, that the choices we make, right? Are we going to be consistent? Are we going to make the choice to be consistent in the areas of our lives, again, that really matter? So think about your habits this morning. Think about the things that you consistently do. And as you think about those things, let me ask you three questions. Do your habits hinder you or help you? Do they limit you or free you? Do they empower you or do they disempower you? Listen, there's no way around this truth. You'll be tom- who you'll be tomorrow is shaped by the choices that you're making today. Your future's being shaped by your habits. Your future's being shaped by that which you do consistently. So we need to, we need to choose to be consistent in the critical areas of our lives. If we do, we'll experience the power and the benefit of consistency. And we have a powerful illustration of this in the life of Daniel. If there's... Like one word that would describe Daniel's life, that would define Daniel's life, I think it's the word consistent. Who was Daniel? He was consistent. Or or he was a man of integrity. There was consistency in his life. So in case you're not familiar with Daniel's story, let me give you just a little background that will help you understand what we're going to read today in Daniel chapter 6. About 605 B.C., The Babylonians invaded the nation of Israel, destroyed the city of Jerusalem, and carried Jewish people into captivity. 
And some of those who were carried into captivity were young, bright Jewish boys. And it was the king's plan to bring those young men into, um, into his kingdom, into places of influence, to indoctrinate them with the culture, the Babylonian culture, that someday they might be servants in his kingdom. So he wanted to take fugitives and turn them into servants. Fugitives and, and turn them into leaders. And one of these young men was, was Daniel. So Daniel's a foreigner. He's a Jewish man in a land that's not his own. And what we discover in Daniel's story is that he was a young man of integrity and consistency. And in that, God granted him favor and gave him, actually lifted him, if you will, to a position of great influence, again, in a land that's not his own, in a foreign kingdom. And we see this in a story recorded in Daniel chapter 6. And I want us to read this morning the first five verses of Daniel chapter 6. So if you have your scripture or you can just watch on the screen this morning. Verse 1 says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. So this is the king kind of talking about his structure of leadership in the nation. Goes on to say, the satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, notice verse 3. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Pretty awesome. Again, he's a foreigner. Yet the king's saying, Daniel, you're so awesome. You're so consistent. I can so trust you. I think I'm going to put you over the whole deal. I think that's pretty amazing. What The favor that God granted Daniel. Verse 4 says that this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Verse 5 says, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So here's Daniel. He so distinguished himself as a leader through his integrity and consistency that the king was going to give him this significant place of leadership over the whole kingdom. Then when the other rulers heard about this, how many of you know there's a tendency in humanity to be jealous? Right? Probably in your workplace. Probably in your school. So Daniel's going to be elevated. Others are saying, hey, he shouldn't have that position. We should have that position. So they were trying to dig up some dirt on him. This is almost like something that would happen in Washington, D.C., they're trying to dig up dirt on Daniel to disqualify him from this position of leadership. Why? Because they wanted the position of leadership. And as much as they searched Daniel's life, they could find no dirt. His life was consistent. He was a man of integrity. Um, he he um, honored the king. He served well. And they realized, wow, there's nothing that we can find. There's no dirt we can find unless we can create this plot, something about Daniel and his relationship with God, with his God. And so they pull together this plot, this scheme, and they go to King, the King Darius, and um, they begin by kind of stroking his ego. He's an egomaniac. The king is an egomaniac. Read history. 
egomaniac. So they come and they, they begin to applaud King Darius, right? So he's already feeling pretty good. They're stroking his ego. And they said, you know, King, we have an idea. Here's our idea. And this was their plot to get Daniel like out of this position of influence and authority. They said, hey, King, you're so great. Like no one should pray to any other God than to you because you're so great. And because the king was an egomaniac, he said, I think that's pretty good. I would just like everyone to pray to me for 30 days. And they said, and if anyone were to pray to anyone else but you, oh great king, they should be thrown into the lion's den. Again, because the king was just like full of pride. He signed this into a law. And what's interesting is what the king signed into a law didn't affect Daniel. Because even though he was a foreigner, even though he was a captive in the land of Babylon, and he continued to honor God in his life, I want you to notice Daniel's response is recorded in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Can we have that verse on the screen? Let's see, verse 10 says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, notice what he did. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees. How many of you would say that's consistent? Three times a day. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. Notice, just as he had done before. In other words, there's a pattern here. Like he had already been consistently engaging with God in prayer. He had already been consistently connecting with God. And so he just continued to do that which he had already been doing. As a result of Daniel's consistency in prayer to God, his governmental adversaries run to tell the king. They were like the title tells, oh king, oh king, let us tell you what Daniel did. Like, you sign this law, he's doing the opposite of the law. The law says in the lion's den. What's interesting is Darius really liked, King Darius really liked Daniel, so he tried to intervene, try to figure out how can I twist this to save Daniel. There was no way out. Long story short, and I encourage you to read the whole chapter, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And what's interesting is the statement that Darius makes, verse 16, if you have your Bibles, Chapter 6, verse 16. Notice what the king says to Daniel. It says, Daniel, may your God who you serve continually rescue you. Continually. Did you catch that? The God who you serve consistently. God you serve continually. May he rescue you. And well, God did just that. And again, read the rest of the story. The scripture says that there was divine intervention. God sent an angel, closed the mouths of the lion. Daniel spent... A night in the lion's den, I think by the time he came out, he had named all the lions, you know, kind of had you know, this little petting zoo thing with the lions. He comes out. Obviously, it's a divine intervention. God spared his life. The whole plot was turned. And the individuals who set the plot, the ones who were against Daniel, they were actually thrown in the lion's den, and they became dinner that night for the lions. That's the end of the story. But you should read the whole story. But really quick, the, the, the keys... The key qualities in Daniel's life that's so evident Daniel chapter 6 is integrity and consistency. As we look to his story, what we discover is that Daniel's consistency positioned him for promotion. But it was the consistency in his life that positioned him to be elevated to this significant place of influence and leadership, again, in a foreign country, which I think is so amazing. 
And even though he was a Jew, he came to this place of authority and influence, and it was because of the consistency of his life. So it was his consistency that brought him success, but it was also Daniel's consistency that took him to the lion's den, right? But he was praying three times a day, just as he had always done. It's that that took him to the lion's den. But I think what's interesting in this story is that Daniel didn't learn to trust God in the lion's den, but in his consistent times of prayer. It was Daniel's consistency and spiritual disciplines that had shaped his life. So when the crisis of the lion's den came, Daniel didn't panic. He was not stressed out. He just trusted God. Why, his life had been shaped by his spiritual disciplines. His life had been shaped by his consistent time of prayer. What was supposed to be the end of Daniel, according to the plot and the plan of his adversary, actually became an opportunity for God to be glorified and for Daniel to be promoted. But but don't miss this, friends. It was all connected to this, Daniel's consistency and seeking God, the power of consistency. See, Daniel chose his habits, and his habits shaped his life. Say it again. Daniel chose his habits, and his habits shaped his life. So your identity emerges out of your habits. You're not like born with a preset, preset beliefs. Every belief, including those about yourself, is learned and conditioned through experience. So as you choose your habits, as you choose the areas of your life, you're going to be consistent in. They'll shape your life. The consistency in the areas of our lives that really matter, I think, is the difference maker. It's consistency that positions us to be effective, productive, and fruitful. If you want to be effective and productive and fruitful, then what's the key to that? It's the choice to be consistent. So if you want to experience vibrancy and spiritual growth, growing in your relationship with God, then what do you need? You need consistency in worship and prayer and engaging the Word. Listen, If you're expecting to get spiritually mature and grow up by coming here one hour on Sunday morning and you never engage God, you never engage worship the other six days of the week, can I tell you that you're going to be spiritually immature all your life? I don't say that to be offensive. That's just a statement of reality. If you want to experience a vibrant marriage, then being consistent in kindness, faithfulness, and service is critical. If you want to experience healthy relationships, then integrity and consistency is key. If you want to experience financial freedom and be positioned to live generous, then consistency is critical. I could go on and on with the examples, but choosing to be consistent in the areas of your lives that really matters sets you up for a better future. And I think everyone in here would say, hey, I would like a better future. No one in here would say, well, I just want my future to be horrible. And No one would say that. So again, your life is being shaped by the choices that you make. We want to choose to be consistent. So how can we grow in consistency? As I wrap this up this morning, I, I want to give you three ways, three, really quick, three ways that you can grow in consistency. And then I want to conclude with a challenge. We have a seven-day challenge for you this morning that I want to wrap up with. But first, three, reason, or three ways that you can grow in consistency. The first is start with a why. Like, why does it matter? Allow the why to determine your choices and the actions to establish consistency. The why. You know, I don't know how many of you would be aware of this. I have an older brother and a younger sister. I have a brother that's two years older than myself. 
And at 43 years of age, he had a heart attack. And my grandfather already had a, had already had a heart attack prior to. Um, so I, I looked at both of these situations and I said, you know, there might be like some hereditary issues here. And as, specifically, as I went to visit my brother in the hospital and I saw the pain he was experiencing, I said to myself, self, you don't want to go through that. Like, you don't want to have that same experience. I mean, you know, 43 is really young to have a heart attack. You don't want to have that same experience. And so I remember that day I said, I'm going to change my diet and I'm going to change my exercise routine. Up to that point in my life, I'd always been challenged with diet. I like chocolate chip cookies and they like me. And I like ice cream on the chocolate chip cookies. That makes it even better. When they're a little hot, you know what I'm talking about. I like food and food likes me. And exercise has never been like at the top of my list. There's a lot of things I would rather do than exercise. But I determined at that point that there was two things that was going to change in my life. And it was diet and exercise. And so that was... Uh, I was 41, my brother was 43, so I'm 56. But 15 years ago, 15 years ago that happened. And I can tell you, fast forward for 15 years, I've watched my diet and I exercise at least five days a week. Why? Because I saw what could happen. Now I had a why to motivate me to be consistent to the very things that I needed to be doing. Does that make sense? So, so know the why. Like, why does it matter that... That you're consistent. Allow the why to motivate you to consistency. You know, growing in your relationship with God and making eternal investments is a great why. Would you agree with that? Or protecting your marriage and honoring your marriage vows is a great why. Would you agree with that? Or staying healthy and taking care of your body is a great why. Managing your finances to avoid financial hardship or crisis and being positioned to live generous is a great why. Maintaining integrity and a good reputation that you can, so that you can pass on a good name to your children is a great why. If we're going to grow in consistency, I think it helps to start with, with the why. That's what Daniel did. Daniel prayed consistently, not for outward show. He wasn't praying so other people could see him pray. But it was his desire to honor God in his life. He was consistent in his life because of his why. Now, this is what I'm confident of. When you define your why and your values are clear, quality decisions are easier. It's easier to be consistent when you know your why. When it motivates you. And when you know your why, you'll find a way. When you know your why, it'll motivate you or it'll move you to right choice. It'll motivate you to be consistent in the areas of your life that are critical. So you want to grow in consistency. I think what's helpful is start with the why. Like, why does this matter? Why does it matter that I'm consistent in finance? Why does it matter that I'm consistent in marriage? Why does it matter that I'm consistent in relationship with God? Start with the why. Hey, here's the second way we can grow in consistency. Fail forward. How many of you know, as much as we want to be consistent, we're not always consistent? Would you agree with that? As much as I say I'm going to exercise every day, I'm not always consistent in that. We want, to, we want to fail forward. Let me unpack this concept. I mean, think about Daniel. The scripture in Daniel 6.10 says that Daniel prayed three times a day just like he did before. So let me ask you a question. Do you think Daniel ever missed one out of the three times a day? 
I mean, don't over-spiritualize the guy. He was human just like you. Do you think he ever missed maybe one out of the three times a day? Maybe King Darius asked him to work late. Or, or, or maybe he got caught in traffic, camel, camel standing nose to butt as far as the eye could see. Or maybe he stayed up late watching a game, too much caffeine, couldn't sleep, he overslept and missed. I don't know what it was, but I think Daniel probably every once in a while, he probably missed one of the three times of prayer. But he didn't quit. He just got back on track. And what, he failed forward. He, he just kept doing what he had always been. He just went back to this three times a day of prayer. Listen, failure happens. And I think, I think we need to make room for failure so that failure doesn't make us quit. You know, oftentimes what keeps us from being consistent is an all or nothing mindset. Like you say, I'm going to exercise every day. It's like the New Year resolution. How many of you know New Year resolutions last maybe to the end of January, right? I'm going to exercise every day. First week's great. Second week's great. You get really busy third week and you miss a few days and you get frustrated and you just quit. You, you feel like you failed, so rather than getting back on track and being consistent, you, you quit. Or, or I see this happen quite often from my position as a pastor. Individuals tell me, Pastor, I'm going to read the Bible through, the whole Bible from beginning to end. I'm going to read the whole Bible this year. And they start in Genesis. Why? Because that's the beginning of the book, right? If you're going to read a book, where do you start? You start at the beginning. So they begin in Genesis, and they're reading three to five chapters a day. They're progressing well. They're moving forward, and then they get to the book of Leviticus. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? And, you know, they get a little distracted. They oversleep. They miss a few mornings, and then they bail, and they never get past the book of Leviticus. They failed, and they quit. That's why I think we need to fail forward. Listen, as, as you're walking out consistency and you miss a couple days, listen, don't scrap the whole plan. Don't just quit. Like, start again. What we're, we're failing forward as we are growing in our lives, in our relationship with Christ. You know, if you, if you eat the wrong thing and blow the diet, don't quit. Just start again tomorrow, right? Or if you mess up in your exercise routine and, um, you know, you miss a few days. Listen, don't quit. Just start again tomorrow. If you, like, miss a few days reading your Bible, listen, don't just scrap the whole plan. Start again tomorrow. If you, if you look at the wrong thing, don't quit. Just start again tomorrow. What we're, we're failing forward. Listen, friends, being consistent is not the same as being perfect. Say it again. Being consistent is not the same thing as being perfect. When you fail or miss a day, just start fresh the next day. But we're, we're failing forward. How many of you know we are failure-prone people, right? So don't allow your failure and consistency to keep you from getting back on track. What do we want to do? We want to fail forward. Here's the third way that you can grow in consistencies. Fall in love with the process. That's what Daniel did. He fell in love with the process. Therefore, consistency became easy. So fall in love with the process. Again, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 says this, but when Daniel learned 
that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its window open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Listen, Daniel didn't pray because he had to. It was, it's not like anyone was forcing Daniel to pray. He prayed because he wanted to. He fell in love with the process. Therefore, praying three times a day wasn't an obligation. It was an opportunity. It was a process of what was happening in his life. Because he fell in love with the process, it wasn't a chore. It wasn't, again, no, one, no arm twisting going on. It was a discipline he enjoyed. Therefore, consistency was easy, not hard. It was easy for him to pray three times a day. Why? Because he fell in love with the process. You know, I think there's two mistakes that people often make that challenge them when it comes to consistency. Whether we're talking about reading the Bible, prayer, budget, relationships, marriage. I I think there's two mistakes. The first is this. They often see consistency as an obligation, not an opportunity. An obligation, not an opportunity. Rather than seeing exercise as an opportunity for a healthier life, they see it as an obligation, something they have to do. Therefore, consistency is a struggle. Rather than seeing reading the Bible as an opportunity to discover more about God and grow in our relationship with God, they see it as an obligation Therefore, consistency is a struggle. Or rather than, seeing mo- rather than seeing saving money and having a budget as an opportunity to set yourself up for a better future, you see it as an obligation. Therefore, there's always a struggle with consistency when it, when it comes to managing money. What we need is a perspective adjustment. Fall in love with the process and consistency becomes easier. Making the right choice becomes easier. I think the second mistake people make is they obsess about the goal, the the end result. For example, they want to lose 20 pounds or they want to pay off both credit cards or they want to read the whole Bible in their mind. They they don't succeed until until they hit the goal. Rather than obsessing over the goal, this is what I encourage you to do. Fall in love with the process and you'll hit the goal, right? If if you address the inputs, the outputs will take care of themselves. Fall in love with the process. Hear me, friends. Really important you understand this. You're not successful when you achieve your, you're not just successful when you achieve your future goal. You're successful when you honor God today, in this day. So don't obsess with the goal and just fall in love with the process. You're going to honor God today. Then you're successful when, when you're consistent today in the areas of your life that really matter. So fall in love with the process and you'll achieve the goal. I love the process. So how are we going to grow in consistency? Three things. And I think all these are, are in the life of Daniel. We're going to start with the why. Allow the why to motivate you. We're going to fail forward. In other words, when we miss a day or we mess up, how many of you know we have a tendency to mess up? When we mess up, we're not going to quit. What are we going to do? We're going to get back on track, and we're going to fail forward. And then fall in love with the process of who you're becoming and where it's taking you. And Dr. John Maxwell made this statement 
He says, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret to your success is found in your daily routines. May our consistent daily routines be that which positions us to experience all that God has. Because if you look to Daniel's life, and again, I encourage you to read the whole chapter, but as you look to Daniel's life, what you're going to discover, it was consistency in his life that positioned him for promotion. It was consistency in his life that positioned him to be dynamically used of God in a foreign land. It was the consistency of his life. So may we be May we be those who choose consistency in the areas that really matter so that we can experience, again, the greatness of the plans that God has for us. I want to leave you this morning with something I hope that's going to help you walk this out. This week we have what we're calling the seven-day challenge. Anyone up for a challenge? Okay, about seven of you. (laughs) How about folks on? Anyone up for a challenge? Here's the seven-day seven challenge. Because, again, we want to help you embrace God's word and walk it out. Listen, if you come here and you only hear a sermon and you go away and it hasn't changed who you are, it hasn't somehow impacted your life, you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to work it into your life, then I've wasted your time and you've wasted your time. Right? But we want to be those who don't just hear the word. We want to do the word. Right? So here's the seven-day challenge. We have, uh, we've recorded seven videos, about 90 seconds in length, that we're making available to you. So each morning, if you choose to opt into the challenge, and you have to choose, we're not just going to blast your, your phone with text message. You have to make a choice to be a part of this. Um, and you do that by texting the word choices to 704-486-9664, or you can scan the QR code. That's going to let us know that you want to be in the challenge, because we only want to send you stuff on your phone if you want it, okay? We don't want to abuse the privilege of being able to connect with you. So you have to text the word choices to the number on the screen. What's going to happen, 7 o'clock every morning this week, you're going to receive a little 90-second video that's going to be a challenge to you about being consistent, choosing to be consistent in a specific area of your life in that day. Matter of fact, I'm going to just share one of the videos with you. I think this is day 7, I believe. And it's the choice to love others. How many of you know, that's a good thing. How many of you, some folks are hard to love. So we have to choose to love others, right? So this is, this is how it's going to play out. You would receive this video on your phone to challenge you in that day to be consistent in living out love. Let's run this video. A 1965 Jackie DeShannon tune quickly made its way up the charts. The song simply but profoundly proclaimed, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. But that next line, it's the only thing that there's just to the love. Those words hold a greater truth today than when they were first formed in the minds of their creators, Burt Bacharach and Hal David. We live in a world that's dominated by hate-filled tensions that dishonor the very foundation of love. Whether it's political, 
racial, or social concerns, our differing beliefs and opinions can often shatter our ability to freely give love. Jesus calls us to an entirely different way. With great clarity, He leads us to love everyone with the same unconditional love, mercy, and grace that He loves us with. So take a moment, examine yourself, and ask, have I allowed different beliefs and opinions to keep me from loving someone the way Jesus loves them? If it's true, then let's accept today's challenge and say, today, I choose to love like Jesus. So seven days, seven different people, seven challenges. That's the seven day challenge of the week. Again, to help you and to choose consistency in the areas of your life that really matter. So again, you can text the word CHOICES to 704-486-9664, and you can be a part of the seven-day challenge. As I close this morning, I just want to take this opportunity to have prayer with you. Maybe you're here today, and you would say, there's this area of my life that I'm really challenged in being consistent in. Again, it could be marriage. It could be money. It could be your relationship with God. It could be prayer. It could be reading the Bible. I, I don't know what it would be. But even this morning, the Holy Spirit's just convicting you about, hey, there's this area that you need to step up your game as it relates to choosing to be consistent. So think about that for just a moment. Is there an area of your life that you would say, yeah, Holy Spirit, help me? Is there anyone who would say, yeah, I've got an area that I need prayer for concerning, yeah, consistency, yeah, yeah, me too. Lord, you see us this morning. Lord, it's our desire to honor you in our lives with the choices that we make. But Lord, in our humanity, God, it's not always easy to consistently make right choices. And, and so, Lord, I, I pray not only for myself, because, God, you know my challenges. Well, Lord, I pray for my friends today, whether watching online or here present. Lord, there's an area or maybe areas that right now you're just convicting them about concerning being consistent. Lord, I, I pray that they would be able to start with the why. I pray, God, that they would be able to fail forward. They wouldn't just, like, fail and quit and throw in the towel. But, Lord, that even in the failure, there would be a process of, of moving forward, process of growth. And Holy Spirit, help us to fall in love with the process. Not the obligation, but the opportunity that you have for us. And in that, Holy Spirit, help me, help my friends. Or live out consistency, being consistent in the areas of our lives that really matter. Because, Lord, I believe even as you set Daniel up in an amazing way for an amazing future, so you desire to do that for everyone in the room. The Holy Spirit, help us to embrace the power of consistency, again, in the areas of our lives that really matter. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.